Loving God, loving people. Welcome to Shiloh Church in Oakland, California. Here's today's message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. What an amazing, amazing season we're in right now for Resurrection Sunday. Is We're in this series, The Resurrection Effect. You know, I want you to think about that. Think about the resurrection effect in your life. What does it mean? What, what is Jesus wanting to do in your life right now? And I really appreciate that, that um, verse that Jules read in Matthew. I'm going to read it in Luke again. And, and actually, I'm just going to say a few key words there, which is keep. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. There's this perseverance that God wants you to keep pressing forward. Amen? No, no more moving back. No more staying in the same place. But it's time to move forward. Luke 19 is a great chapter in the Bible. And it talks about when it starts out, it tells us the story of Zacchaeus. And we all know the story of Zacchaeus. He's there. He hears. The Bible says that Jesus entered and he's about to pass through Jericho. And there's this man named Zacchaeus. Now, we don't know what's going on in his life. But what we know is that he was a tax collector. And that he had it good. He had favor with the Romans. The Jews didn't like him very much because he took their money. How many of you like the tax man? How many of you have done your taxes? How many got your return back? I hope you tithed on that. Amen. <laughs> and, and, and so here you've got the tax man, and he's doing good. He's got favor with the Romans. Maybe the Jews don't like him, but there was something in his life that shifted. He had heard about Jesus, and he heard he was coming through. Now, I don't know how long you've come to Shiloh. It may be your very first time, maybe watching online. But there's something about this place, and we hear stories all the time. Jesus is in the house. Amen. We hear stories of people say, I get out of the car, and I feel, I feel something. And, and you may come to Shiloh every Sunday and feel something. But that's not what God sent Jesus for. He didn't send them just so you could have a nice feeling. Amen. Just so you could feel that he's with you. Just so that you could feel that he loves you. He wants you to experience that resurrection effect in your life. There is a result. There's a keep. The Bible says keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Keep on asking. Come on, tell your neighbor that. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking, keep on seeking, keep on asking. There's something about you continually do it. That's why we started a prayer line. We don't want to just pray once. We want to pray without ceasing. We want to continuously pray. Revelation talks about harp and bowl. Something needs to happen with that bowl. That bowl needs to be filled up. God's waiting for you to press. This life as a Christian is not just about sitting around. You know, it's not the bless me club. 
And let me tell you, the moment you get comfortable in your relationship with God, that's when religion begins in your life. That's religion. Because relationship will always press you. How many of you married in the house? I'm married to this feisty blonde lady right now. And let me tell you, I've been married and dating. We've been dating now for coming up on now. Then this month, April 4th, coming up. Wow. The very thought of you. 26 years dating. 26 years dating. In the summer, it'll be 23 years married. And I'll tell you what, relationship will press you. I didn't marry her and say, I do, and it's all been hunky-dory and sweet feelings. Amen? There's some discomfort that's come to my life. Amen? Come on. Let me tell you, there's some discomfort. There's like, I don't feel like it, but she says, well, you got to do it. And if I'm smart, I don't say I don't feel like, I just do it. And you know what happens when I do it that way? It gets even better. Some of you are wanting more better in your life, but you want to be comfortable at the same time. Change in your life does not come through comfort. There's some of you who've worked all your life to be in a place of comfort, and you're comfortable now. You got the house. You got the wife. You got the kids. You even got the grandkids, and the greats are on their way, but inside you know there's more. God's saying, keep on. Keep moving. What do you think the world's doing right now? They are looking for more. They're knocking. They're seeking. They're asking. They're knocking. But they're going to the wrong place. Government cannot give you what God has for you. Let me tell you that again. Government will not give you what God has for you. It's, it's, only, it's only the Lord who's going to give you. But you've got to press. You've got to be like Zacchaeus. Come to the place where it, you say, it don't matter what it's need to do. I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what my stature is. Some of you think, I, I'll never rise up. I'll, I'll never be at that place where God can use me. Let me tell you, God wants to use you right now. At this season at this moment of your life. He's not waiting for you to get perfect. Bible says it's through his, it's through his weakness, through our weaknesses that his strength is perfected in our lives. And that's what we need. We need, you see that transition? That was nice, perfect. See, that's what happens after 22 and three quarter years of marriage. You just gotta gotta look at the look. How many of you know the look? God's given some of you the look right now. Some of you came into this house today and you don't believe in Jesus. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean he doesn't doesn't isn't pursuing you. You don't have to believe in Jesus for God to believe in you. He sent the best for you before you ever loved him. He Loved you. That's the kind of God we have. So don't get all religious on us. 
Don't think you've arrived. The minute you think you've arrived, you're in trouble. That's what the Pharisees were all mad about. All the Pharisees were upset because Zacchaeus was not the one they liked. He was taking their money. How many of you like people that take your money? Not a one of you. Interesting. They didn't like him. He charged taxes. He took their money. But the Lord had something else for them. And when he went, the religious started to complain. The minute you know, if you're a believer in the room today, the minute you know you are in a place that's too comfortable and religious, you will become a complainer. You'll become a talker. You'll become a hater. You'll begin to use your deficiencies, what God is trying to work out in you, and you'll put them on others, and you'll point blame at others, but it'll make you feel good. It's getting quiet today. This is called the resurrection effect. See, he wants to change everything about us. He wants to transform us. And I love what verse 10 of Luke 19 says. He says, for the Son of Man has come and to save that which is lost. And then he goes on in the same chapter. He begins to talk about that one coin, that one sheep, that one son that takes off. And Jesus pursues after him wholeheartedly. There's some things God wants you to pursue in this hour wholeheartedly. And it's not you being comfortable with your life. God didn't send Jesus to make you comfortable. He's a comforting God. Right? The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our comforter. But he doesn't comfort us. He doesn't say comfort yourself. Let him comfort you as you're pressing through. Amen? Some of you are trying to find your comfort where you're at. Let me tell you, you will not be comfortable. We never want to come to a place of comfort and complacency. We always want to be moving and growing, becoming more and more like Jesus, being transformed continuously into the image and into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, that does not feel good. It hurts. Come on. Sometimes it takes some breaking. Sometimes what God wants to do in you requires breaking. He's got to break the pot. Some of you are dealing with issues in your emotions, in your heart, even in your mindset. And it's not because the enemy's coming after you. Quit blaming the devil for what God is trying to do in your life. Come on. Quit blaming the enemy because God has got you in a place where everything in your world is turning upside down. We sang it today. When Jesus rose, it wasn't like trumpets. And the, 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 there was a rumbling that had to happen. The earth had to shake. And that's what God's doing right now. He's shaking something inside of you. Some of you, the very foundation, the very 
thing that you were putting all of your trust in, God has come and shook that because he's saying you should not put your trust in that. You need to put your trust in me, declares the Lord. Amen? Why do we have America all turned up? Because people have put their trust in someone or in something, an ideal. Let me tell you, ideal is not truth. And you and I both know, I've been around long enough, ideals change every four years. But my God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He's the one I trust. He's the one that puts authority into position. He'll use a Nebuchadnezzar to change you. He'll put a Saul into place to pursue you into your destiny. We Come on. We all want it peachy king and nice and rosy. We'll get it that one day in heaven. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But there's something that God wants to do. God wants to show this is what I can do through my resurrection, through my Holy Spirit in a person's life. This is what I can do in their life. If they give themselves continually to me, if they keep on asking, keep on seeking, amen, keep on knocking, keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. If you keep pressing and don't just live in that place comfortable, the Bible says Jesus, Jesus came. He was 100% man, 100% God. Think about that. Jesus came to this earth as 100% man. 100% God. He wasn't 50-50. He was 100%. But he chose to live in this world as man. That's why he calls himself more than anything. 79 times, I believe, in the New Testament, Jesus, in all the Gospels, you see Jesus calls himself the Son of Man. Before he calls himself the Son of God, he says the kingdom of God is this, and he gives himself the title of the Son of Man. Man. Not the son of God. He came. He came because of the original sin of man. And he came as the second Adam. He came as the son of man. He left splendor. He had it made in heaven. Let me tell you, the minute you get into heaven and you start hearing your family praying, Lord, raise them up from the dead. You're going to say, no. I'm cool right here. I'm good. This is home. Let me tell you, the minute you step into heaven, you will say, this is home. This is what I was created for. This is that eternal longing. This is it right here. Then when you check into your mansion, you'll say, why God go back to that when I got this? Amen? That's for all of eternity. Right now, it's just a little bit of while. But you'll step into the bed. That's who, so God, Jesus left that. He left the splendor of heaven. He knew temptation. He knew hunger. He knew lack. The Bible says in Luke 9, 58 and 59, and Jesus said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He came and experienced our dysfunction. Amen? He came and experienced our humanity. 
He came and experienced what it was to have lack. But the Bible says he understood that. He will push us out of our comfort. Acts 7 talks about how Paul tells us about how Abraham was told to get out of his country. Some of you need to get out of where you've been. Goes on to say and said, and from your relatives. Some of you need to get away from Aunt Susie. If you're an Aunt Susie, I wasn't talking about you. Aunt Yeye or something. I got to make up a name. Huh? I better make up a Aunt Yeme. Yeme and Yeme. There we go. You need to get away from Aunt Yeme. Amen. God's, look what he told them. Get out of your comfort from your country and from your relatives and come to the land that I will show you. We don't leave our house without Surrey. We don't travel to foreign places without the app to get us around. We went to D.C. and Charlotte recently. I knew every good restaurant. I was telling locals where to eat. Because I don't want to be uncomfortable. I want to have it just like home. I found the best ramen place in the world in D.C. The best southern food is not in the south. It's in San Francisco at Brenda's. Amen. Ooh, I'm getting hungry just now talking about. Don't you go there because I'm going to go there and the line's always long. Amen. Jesus faced every human challenge and went through it victoriously. Amen. He's able to help us in our weakness because he knew weakness. He knows what it is to suffer. He knows what it is to be acquainted with pain and despair and, and, and brokenness and, and mourning. Bible says he bore all of our thing, shame, all of our sin, all of our pain on the cross. And he took on the very nature of man to restore us back into the right relationship with God. That's why he did it. To restore you back. Amen? Some of you are sitting in the church right now and you say, well, I'm already a Christian. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, my fire insurance is paid for. God's got more for you than that. Amen? God's got more for you than that. My Bible says in John 10, he wants you to have life and life more abundant. He wants you to know what it is to live each and every day with the Holy Spirit. You are not your vocation. Your calling and your vocation are not the same thing. You could operate in your calling at your vocation, but your vocation does, is not necessarily your calling. Amen? God's calling you to live out. He's calling some out and, uh, something out of you. That's why we went through Moses' tabernacle a little bit last year. and We talked about worship. We are built like the tabernacle of Moses. There's an outer court, there's an inner court, and there's a holy of holy. We all like the outer and the inner court. They're fun. But getting into the holy of holies is a whole different game. And that's what God's saying. I want to get deep inside of you. Your calling is deep inside of you. And the worst thing for your faith to step out is not sin, it's discomfort. We come to a place of comfort 
and we don't step out into the thing God's called us to. I got it made. I got all the shoes I want. I got the house I want. I got the address I want. I've been trying to move back to back to Oakland. I'm back in Oaktown. Used to talk bad about the city. Now everybody's trying to move in. You know what I tell people when they talk bad about my city? Try to move there. You can't afford me, baby. Come on. You can't buy a house. You can't pay rent. Try to live here. Come on, go to West Oakland. See what'll happen. You'll get some little skinny jean flannel guy. He'll outbid you on a $2 million house. Can't mess with Oakland. Tell your neighbor, don't mess with Oaktown. <laughs> Come on. And some of us have come to that place where complaining like the Pharisees complaining. Look what Jesus is doing. Look at the people walking around. Look at all these new people coming into church. Let me tell you, the church is for those people. That's who the church is for. He's going to make you uncomfortable. And I realize you can go to any church in the Bay Area, actually in the California, and you'll find Shiloh folk. We make people uncomfortable. Look around. Look at the people sitting next to you. Don't they make you uncomfortable? We're a peculiar people. We got platinum blondes over there. We got Jules Moore over here. We got Pastor Don praying. You got to pray more. You got to pray more. You got to pray more. Come on. You got Pastor Chris over there saying you better, you better do live right. You better live right. You doing okay? Yeah. You doing okay? Yeah. You doing okay? No. Come on. God's going to stretch you. He's placed you here to stretch you. Amen? See, sinners, if, if we're doing this thing right, we will draw all men unto Jesus. We'll see every kind. I've left church high. Yeah, high. I've left church high. I was praying for a lady in the back foyer one time after a second service. I was praying for her. I could taste marijuana in my mouth. I could taste it. And then Melinda started talking to me, and I started laughing and giggling. And then I got the munchies, and I said, let's go to Brenda's in San Francisco. And I was high. Come on. But that's what we're going. That's what I want. I want to see the harvest. I want to see all people, all nations, all tribes, all tongues gathering Amen. Coming to Jesus. That's what this house is about. Amen. Come on, how many of you gotten high praying for somebody before? Am I the only one? I tasted it. I could almost taste it again now. Who's out there? No. <laughs> Amen. Come on. We're seeing it. We're seeing people leave their dope bags in the church. Yeah, we're seeing it. Be careful what bag you step up. We're seeing it. Come on. And there's some that are going to be like this man here. Like Zacchaeus, you're going to say, my goodness, I'm going to give all that I got. Maybe you're not a dope holder, but you've been dependent on money. You've been dependent on something else but God. Tell your neighbor, God's moving you out of your place of comfort. Let me tell you, comfort, let me tell you, comfort will keep you in a place of bondage. Come on. 
How many of you have been called to go out on a mission trip and you don't go because Macy's got you bound? Come on. You can't leave your work for a month because if you do, you won't be able. Come on, let's be honest. How many of you felt called to help support an orphan somewhere and you can't because you're living so tight, you're comfortable, you got every shoe, you got every jean, you got every hole, you got holes in every part of the leg. I'm starting to see them in the back of the leg now. You got that all. And I'm, nothing's wrong with that. But is it keeping us from what God, is that where we're finding our identity? Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will always call you to step out of your comfort and into some fire. I want you to hear that. Some of you experiencing fire right now, and you're saying, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. That's not Satan. That's God who placed you there. God placed you in that place of discomfort. Jesus didn't come to make us live in a place of comfort. He came to push us to become more a reflection of him. That happens only through the refiner's fire. We all pray for the fire of God. Ooh, I want the fire of God. I want it only from 11 to 1230. After that, I'm going to be comfortable. Come on, he wants to be, uh, he wants to set something ablaze in your life every moment, amen? Every second of the day, all 1,440 minutes of every day, he wants you on fire for him. In order for the calling to come out of you, you're going to have to step into some fire. It took fire to make Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be the men they were called to be. It takes took David getting chased down. It took Jesus going to the cross. What's God calling you? The son of man. Go, I've prepared a land for you. Tell your neighbor, come out and get out. Amen. He's working his calling out of you. Oh, I want to see, I want to open heaven. Pastor Katie, can we have open Kevin once a quarter, once a quarter? God wants you to live open heaven every moment. Jesus said, pray this day. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants you to live every day connected to heaven. Every place you go, your workplace, your neighborhood, your peace, your, your uh, mi pueblo, wherever you go. Japanese food, African food, it don't matter. He wants you. He wants to work the calling of God out of your life. See, we're confusing the peace of God with the com our comfort. The Bible says he'll give you perfect peace. Doesn't mean it's going to be calm all around you. Might be a storm going on, maybe fire going on, but the Bible says he will give you peace. Peace and comfort are a very different. Amen. I like when it's quiet. I like when you're pressed back against the pew and all freaking out on me. What's God going to make me get rid of? Come on, what's God going to say clear up so that you could step? See, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a comforter. Amen? He's not there to bring you comfort. He's there to comfort you. Amen? Mary and Martha still had to experience death. Lazarus still had to die. We're all crying over the dead things and God's saying, that thing had to die. 
I went to the grave. I died. I emptied the tomb so that those dead things in you could die too and you could see the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in every area of your life. He emptied the tomb for you. He's calling us to repent, not change our opinion. Two different things. Repent talks about changing your ways, changing your mindset, changing your priorities. That's repentance. Saying, I'm not going to do it this way anymore. I'm going your way, Lord. Changing the way, the reason why you think you are here. Changing the way you think about what you're going through right now. Changing the way you think about what the, 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 who really has the authority in your life. When you repent, that's what you're saying. God, forgive me. I thought I was the boss. You're the boss of every area of my life. Amen? Oh, I see you puckering your lips at me. That's okay. That's when I know the Holy Spirit is working inside of you. He's working right now. You feel it. Now, he didn't come to condemn you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit does not condemn. What does he do? Convict. Brings change into our life. Bring, you know what conviction is? Bringing adjustment. And I believe God wants to adjust some things. You, he wants to bring you to a place of victory. And you know it's there for you. But you want to be comfortable and victorious at the same time. That doesn't happen. I didn't hear one amen. Pastor Melinda. Amen. 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 We all know there's a great story in Luke of a demon-possessed man hanging out in the synagogue. We don't know how long he was there for, but all we know is the moment Jesus stepped in, something began to change in his life. He had been listening to the same sermons. He had been taking notes. He was part of a life group. He was even on the prayer line. But there was something in him the moment Jesus stepped in and rearranged something in his life. Some, he stood up and said, no! And Jesus said, get out of there. Repent. Now, we all use the word devil and demon. And yeah, maybe it was. It was a devil. But there's some things the devil's got inside of your life, some things he's worked out, and comfort is one of them. He's happy. Devil's happy if you're comfortable. Tell your neighbor, the enemy's happy if you sit there comfy. In my stop, my seat. Where's my piano guy? I need some piano because this is where it's going. I need some, uh, that's called anesthesia. I need some anesthesia right now. It's amazing how we can learn to love the evil spirits. Our opinions. Our views. Amen? Let me read your Facebook, and I can tell you what your opinions and your views are. I can tell you how much you love people. I can tell you whether you got the heart of God or not. Amen? Amen? Jesus is showing up. I just believe this is a week where Jesus wants to show up. Amen? See, in the minute that Jesus shows up, Evil spirits tremble. That's why it's quiet in the room. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that.
Because the minute Jesus shows up, every spirit in the city will have to come out. If we leave this room with Jesus resident in our life, no matter where we go, whatever we put our foot to, evil spirits, any opinion that's not of God will have to flee in Jesus' name. You want to know the favor of God in your neighborhood? You want to know the favor of God in your workplace? You want to know the favor of God with your family? Step out with Jesus resident in your life. He might ask you to do something bad. Like pray for somebody. How come every time you go to McDonald's, the Lord tells you, buy everybody food? And what do you do? Oh, Lord, I only got enough for me. He said, exactly. Buy them food. You're going to die too, son, eating that stuff. He's trying to save you and preserve your life. He said, I don't want to see you any sooner. I got things for you to do. How do you know you're in a place of religiosity and comfort? Talk bad about somebody else. How does it make you feel? Makes you feel better, doesn't it? Let's be honest about it. What happens when you do that? All of a sudden, you're comforted. Because you don't have to look at you boo, you look at them instead. Amen. What does the Bible say? Pray for those that despitefully use you. Don't pray them to hell, but pray the blessing of God on their lives. You're all mad at me today. Amen. Amen. This is when I know it's good, Pastor Nina, when it's quiet. Amen. There's a season. This is the season. Amen. We can't stop using our comfort as an excuse for not fulfilling our calling. Amen? Because remember, when we finally know the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the true comfort, not because I want to be in a comfortable place. Bible tells us very clearly in Corinthians what that's for. When you come to that place where you've been comforted by the Holy Spirit, what will happen is you don't say, oh, I live in a comfortable place. You turn around and you bring the comfort of God to others. It doesn't stay in the room. It doesn't stay in your CD player, your iPod player, whatever you got. It doesn't stay in your house. That comfort goes out into the world and brings the message of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, what if today you found out that you're sabotaging the power of God in your life because you love comfort so much? You're sabotaging the power of God, the presence of God in your life. Remember that last week Jesus is eating dinner with his disciples and Judas comes up. And what does he call Matthew 26, 50? Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? There's some people in your life right now that are true friends. They're challenging you and pushing you into your calling. He called Judas his friend because it was pushing him into his calling. Remember right before this, some Greek men came. John, we, said, we all know the story, John 12, 21. They came and they said, oh, we want some more healings. We want some more miracles. And some of us are just looking for miracles and not pushing. You see God doing miracles all around you and you're not stepping into what God's calling you. 
You know, after Nazareth kicked out Jesus, the Bible says they kicked him out. Capernaum became his most place. Do you know that's where Jesus did the bulk of his miracles were in Capernaum. But that is the place where they see the least amount of people coming to Jesus. They got familiar. They got comfortable. We have these meetings all the time here at Shiloh with the staff and the leaders. We don't know what we have. Todd Delaney was just here. He was telling me, Javier, you guys saw the video. If you watched it, you guys don't know what you have. And to me, that's just a marker, an indicator of what God doesn't want to do here in the room, but he wants to do through you out in the world. Out in the world, miracles, signs, wonders. He said, friend, why have you come? called Judas a friend in the garden. But what did he call Peter? When they came to get him, same place, he said, get behind me, Satan. Because he was trying to prevent, he wanted to keep Jesus in that comfortable place with his disciples doing miracles. But Jesus said, it's time for me to fulfill the calling God has for me, which is go to the cross. Some of you, you hear the Lord saying, the time is now. Tell your neighbor, the time is now. Right where you're at, can you stand up? I want to pray for you. The time is now. The time is now. The time is now. Shiloh, people watching online, wherever you might be, let's not get so comfortable in our religion that we miss out the fresh revelation God has for us in this moment. Right here, right now. Right now, yeah, altar, come on up. I believe there's some people, God's talking to you right now. The Holy Spirit is working on your heart right now. There's some of us that love comfort more than we love Jesus Christ. We love this place. We love that we've got it dialed in. If that's you, if God's already calling on you, come on up, just come up. We want to pray for you. Altar's ready. Just come up. Don't let anything stop you. Just come up. Come up. We're not traditional here. Just come. Run. Jump over some pews, whatever it takes. I hear Jesus, even what he told Zacchaeus, get down from here, there, and come here. Get down from there. I want to go to your house. Some of us right now need to sign the eviction notice to comfort in our life. Comfort, you are evicted in Jesus' name. Evil spirits, go. Come out in Jesus' name. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep praying. I'm coming, and I'm coming into the destiny God has for my life. God says very clearly, the Spirit of the Lord brings liberty. Amen? Tell your neighbor, Jesus came out of the grave so that you could get out of yours. Come on, tell your other neighbor. Find somebody you don't know. I don't know that. Yeah, I know you. I don't know you. Jesus got out of the grave so you could get out of yours. He did. Come on.
I just see the Holy Spirit pushing on some people right now. He's saying, come up, come up. Even that is uncomfortable. For weeks, some of you, even months, been coming to church and God's been calling you and he's saying, step out and you haven't done it. Now is the time for you to come out in full surrender. Let me tell you, Jesus has spoken a better word over your life. Some of you are more comfortable with the hurts of the past. And Jesus is saying, I'm coming to bring healing. Amen. I've spoken a better word over your life. Ask your neighbor, you need to go forward. I'll go with you. Come on, ask him. I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you. Don't let anything hold you back. Look what it says in Luke eleven twenty. Then he began to the rebuke the cities, Capernaum, in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. They lived in their comfort. And then it goes on to say in verse 23, And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, you would have remained this day. Come on. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If the Holy Spirit's nudging on you, just come forward. Don't be afraid. But I want to pray for some people here. If you're in the room today, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Every eye's closed, every head's bowed. Could you raise your hand and say, that's me. I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I haven't been comfortable for this, no, this reason right here. I haven't been comfortable because Jesus has been pursuing me for a personal relationship with me. If that's you in the room, every eye closed, every head bowed. Raise your hand. Don't raise it to me. Raise it to Jesus and say, that's me. That's me. I need you. Amen. I see your hand over there. I see some hands over here. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my way of thinking and living. I repent for the place of comfort. And I stop living my way. And I go the way and in the direction that God has for me. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. We invite you to join us at Shiloh Church for worship, prayer, and the message of God every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or watch us online at shilohchurch.com.